In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents Diet Starts Tomorrow with host Aileen Drexler. I'm having a relationship with my pizza. In a world where wellness looks perfect on Instagram. Just doing my workout. Tuesday's arms and back. But feels anything but in real life. Is butter a carb? Yes. This is the podcast exploring the emotional side of well-being. I would be proud to partake of your pecan pie. From people who understand the struggle. I am on the third day of my cleanse diet. Hello and welcome back to DST. I'm your host, Aileen. And on today's Thursday episode, I am excited to be joined by Dylan Hafer, pop culture enthusiast, face behind, no, brain behind at Bravo by Betches and the host of our Mention It All podcast. Welcome back, Dylan. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. I feel like we have some some good topics to talk about and I'm excited to get into it. Great topics. So yeah, we wanted to talk about a lot of recent articles that have been swirling about like body diversity or the lack of body diversity in reality TV. And this conversation sort of like sparked in the article universe with like Vanessa Lachey's comment, which I think we're going to get into. So that's going to be like the bulk discussion of our episode. But before that, we're going to do DST wins. And um, Dylan, let me just say... That is the chicest one chime I have ever seen. <laughs> I, I'm about to give you the chicest DST, DST win. <laughs> I have never cried so hard. <laughs> that is peak joy of housewives. <laughs> I have but to you say, know, it was sometimes sometimes things that are so unspecial, you know, just spark for you, and you're like, this this hat is the best hat ever, and it's just a hat, but like. It's what I need in my life. That scene was just camp. It was like, I was trying to figure out why it was so good. And I was just jealous that that was like the content you got to talk about the next day. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I wish I was Dylan right now because I was just texting everyone I knew about it. But anyway, you're doing amazing (laughs) things over there at Bravo by Betches. Thank you. So should we do some wins today? Let's, Let's do it. This week's DST wins are brought to you by Heineken Zero Zero. In this segment, we are all about celebrating the highlights of our week, and that's where Heineken Zero Zero comes in. The Heineken Zero Zero recipe is brewed just like the original Heineken lager beer, only without the alcohol. Do you ever go to happy hour to socialize with your friends just to get out of your house, but you're not in the mood to drink? That happens to me all the time. Well, now you can join in on the fun and avoid the hangover by grabbing a Heineken Zero Zero. You go first. What's your win of the week? Okay, so my win, I am like extremely bad at committing to grocery shopping. Like I just, I will go like way too long without doing like a proper grocery shop. I'm bad at just like keeping like everyday items in the house. So I feel like the last week or so I've done a really good job of actually buying breakfast food that I want to eat. And so rather than like 
oh, I didn't eat anything. So when I'm getting coffee, I'll get like a scone or a croissant or, you know, whatever pastry breakfast item. I'm like, oh, let me just like this morning I had like a banana and a yogurt and I was like ready to leave the house (laughs) already with food in my, in my body and like not, you know, it's not like I need to be like eating the world's healthiest, like whatever gluten-free vegan granola that has like every antioxidant, but it's like, I can eat a banana. Like I, (laughs) no, I hear you. Like it's hard. Yeah. Like getting over that hump of like, let me actually buy like three things so that I can just like eat something in the morning before I leave the house. It's it's a good feeling. I think that's a great win. You're speaking to my soul. It is very difficult to prepare in terms of like what how do you know what you're gonna want to eat that week? Like how, how much do you need? Like I hate wasting all of this stuff. But I I love that. What did you but you so you bought bananas, you bought yogurt. What was the third item? Um, I, well, I had some cereal that I am now out of, so I have to decide whether I want to like re up on the cereal or like do something different. But I mean, just, just in general, like having, you know, even one breakfast option in the house is like, (laughs) it's a good baseline. It is true. And I like, I, I've done the whole thing. Like you walk, you, it's also like, it's part of the experience. You go and get coffee, you get like your morning cookie, you know, the, the joys of the morning, (laughs) but it definitely, I feel like it changes the day, like in terms of what you crave and how soon you crave it when like you eat like a balanced thing, like you said, yogurt and a banana. Yeah. And there are also like, I try to lean into the idea that it's like, if I'm really craving like a scone from the coffee shop, then I should get the scone from the coffee shop. But if it's just a morning where I don't actually, I'm not in the mood for anything particular, but if I don't have breakfast in the house, I feel like I need to stop and get something. It's like on a morning like that, I would rather just you know, have something probably healthier at home. And then I can save the scone for like when I really, really want the scone. When you want it, right. It's not just like a default thing. It's like when you're really, you really crave that. I think that's great. I have for a while now, I've been trying to figure out like, how do you go grocery shopping? How do you know what to get? So I just force myself on Sunday and I order it on like Whole Foods, Amazon. Mm. And, and it just like show, tells you what you've ordered. So I just like add, add, add. And I just force myself to do it on Sunday or mon- or Saturdays, just on the weekend. They deliver, and it's you have to pay a fee, but at least it's like I don't have to. Ca- I mean, I live in the suburbs; it's a whole different thing. But <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. Like the planning, it's hard for the ordering groceries is uh, such a great idea, and I aspire to be like that. But like I did the thing the other day where I was out for a walk and I was walking through Columbus Circle, and I just like popped into the Whole Foods there. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah. the Columbus Circle Whole Foods. It's nice. and it's like an underground labyrinth. And I yeah. just <laughs> I walked in and like did half a lap and just immediately walked back out because I was like I I cannot. It's overwhelming. Right now. It's overwhelming, and also there's so many people there. I don't want to like talk to people (laughs) that whole foods is strange because it's a big it's like a nice big store but you're essentially grocery shopping in a mall which feels very (laughs) off (laughs) yeah it's true the online try it once it's and then it'll save what you got and then you're just like Mm. wow this is so easy i don't have to think about it it takes the thought out and then you all of a sudden you're like oh what else can i buy for lunch you're like oh and you have three meals that you're like just you have in your home so anyway that's a great win. I love it. Inspired a great chat. My win is not as exciting as yours, as your yogurt and banana, but um, mine is <laughs> that I, two times now, I like 
was craving a workout. And I looked at my schedule and I was like, there's zero time to go when I have back-to-back meetings. When am I going to go? I have to sweat my hair, all of the things. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I can go. In, this was at like seven in the morning. I'm like, wait a minute. I can go like at 830. I can go for a quick workout and be back before my first meeting. And I've done that twice already. And I'm like, holy shit, who is she? Wow. That is, I, I'm like, who, who, <laughs> who leaves their house that early to work out? I don't even know. I mean, post pandemic, who, you know, I just don't, I don't know who I am. I, yeah, I, there's always that thing of, I mean, people who have the morning workout gene, like good for you. But for me, it's like, even if I am awake early enough and like not sleepy or not busy, I just feel like I'm like, no, this is my time mm-hmm. to just like lay down and like scroll TikTok. Totally. And who is anyone to tell me that I'm supposed to be like on an elliptical right now? <laughs> but then <laughs> when you actually force yourself to do it, it's like, oh, I, this is totally. This <laughs> I mean, I was this morning, I was laying, I was like, oh, I have about five minutes to decide, otherwise, I'm going to miss the class. So I was just laying there on my bed with, like, you know, give, our nanny comes. Okay, I'm off duty for a sec. I'm on my phone. I'm like, I could just go. And I'm like, just go. And then I like get myself up. And like every time it just becomes, you become a little bit less like, heavy like the 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 weight of of the decision becomes a little bit less mm. like just becomes easier like jump off the bed becomes a little bit easier like throwing your phone you're like i've already seen every tiktok seven times like i can go so i don't know who i am but it was wonderful great win i love that for you that's <laughs> almost as exciting as banana and a yogurt <laughs> almost i think we're equal <laughs> <laughs> my non-fat chobani with black cherry is really uh carrying the yum <laughs> carrying the day. i love i love a cherry no one talks about cherries enough all right let's do a listener dst win before we get into our topic of the day all right hey aileen and esteemed guest <laughs> esteemed guest thank you thank you Love the pod. I've been listening since the beginning and feel like I've really grown as a person in my health journey alongside you throughout the years. I have a DST win that's a little different I wanted to share. Throughout the pandemic, I got really into sewing, even launching my own Etsy shop selling masks and accessories. As I've gotten better at sewing, I started to make some of my own clothes too. One thing I've noticed is when comparing my measurements with a pattern, it isn't a thought in my mind to fixate on whatever number size corresponds with my measurements, even though my quote normal size is three to four sizes smaller than what the pattern says. I just cut out whatever size matches my measurements, sew it up, and it fits perfectly because it's custom tailored for my measurements. Now, when I buy clothes, I think about how there is literally no rhyme or reason to sizing when I make my own clothes. So why should I let a size on a tag make me feel a certain way about myself? Thanks for all you do. Signed, So Oversizes Betch. Oh, that's good. So, oh, she spelled it S-E-W. So Oversizes <laughs> Betch. Okay, amazing. First off, I like this a lot. I would say the win is that you started sewing and then you also opened your own. You figured out how to sew, first of all. Like, that's, that's even, I don't even understand what she's talking about with like the, the measurements on materials. But, um, you know, that is an insane, just that in itself is an amazing win. You started your own Etsy shop, you figured out how to make clothes and accessories, you know how to fit a body. That's, that is incredible. Right. There's like layers to this. It's like, okay, so you got a layers. hobby, a side hustle, <laughs> and like free clothes out of it. <laughs> yeah, 
serious? What is that? This is this is like a like a business proposal. I love it. And she's she did great. But I agree. The size thing is all over the place. And sometimes I will still like be like, oh, what size am I? I don't get it. I just mostly just get overwhelmed by sizing mm-hmm. um, and like how to follow a sizing chart or like, oh, I have to go stand up and measure myself. This is, oh, don't you wish it was just like sort of similar, but everybody's right. body's different. What do you think? How does it make you feel with the sizing? I mean, I think this is great. Sizing, of course, is a pain in the ass. I think like it's an interesting thing about making your own clothes that when you're shopping in a store, obviously it's like annoying to find the right size, but also there's the like the thing of, you know, not being happy with the size you are or like, you know, trying to fit into a smaller size. And it's like when you take out the like store environment where you feel it's like almost like you're in the store and you feel like somebody's like watching you and they're going to be like, "Mm -mm, you need an extra large, like that kind of Mm -hmm. thing. It's like when you're just in your own home and the only goal is to like make a shirt that fits. It's like, you don't have those like outside pressures and it's great. It's great to like release that and then to be able to carry that over to shopping in stores and, you know, kind of take that mindset where it's like the only objective here is to find something I like that fits me and looks the way I want it to look. And Mm -hmm. that's all that matters. Totally. Yeah. I agree with you. It's because it's like they're assigning a side, like this, the person who made it, of like whatever company assigned a size and said that this is this is this size this is the definition of this size and this is what it looks like and this is what your body should be for this size and so like it's it's a lot to navigate within those like that definition so if like you're just sort of making something with no size assignment it's just like you very bespoke um, <laughs> then it doesn't it doesn't have that like extra opinions of other people it's just you and your clothes but obviously no none of us like most of us cannot make our own clothes <laughs> so we <laughs> have to deal with the with the people and uh, the sizing <laughs> you saying bespoke just made me think of like lisa vanderpump's custom made like silk blouses <laughs> it's like she has like 50 of these shirts that all look exactly the same uh-huh yeah <laughs> Bespoke silk. Yeah. But yeah, I think the challenge really is for the rest of us. This is an amazing win. Literally 7,000 congratulations. And I also really like your pun. So oversizes, betch. But the challenge for the rest of us is just, just to take the emotions out of the, the numbers. And just these are just kind of what they deemed because it. this is how like whatever work that's how much material they had and like <laughs> this is what worked for that company and it has nothing to do with you. And like your worth or any of that. And I saw actually a good Instagram and this can bring us into like the conversation, but I saw a great Instagram by um, Alex Light who we've had on this show before. She like will show a video of her putting on jeans that look way too tight, like too small. And it goes like how I went from this to that. And then so she like shows the jeans are too tight. Like, and then the next scene is her jumping into jeans that like fit. So it kind of looks like her body was smaller, but really she goes, oh, I sized up in jeans. And Mm. so the mind trick there is that you think actually, oh, did she lose weight? Did something like her body change? But no, she just got clothes that fit and she wasn't thinking about like this number or like the moral value associated to the number, but the fact that it just fits her body better and actually looks great on her body. So 
I just like that. But anyway, that's it for today's DSD wins brought to you by Heineken Zero Zero. I love grabbing a Zero Zero when I'm in a social setting or I'm at home, but I'm really just not in the mood to drink. I don't want to have that feeling of either being hungover or just like, you know, dehydrated the next day. So I just want to make sure to be on point the next day or even later. So I pick up a Heineken Zero Zero and it tastes so good. tastes like I'm drinking beer. And it's just the perfect drink to pick up when you don't want the effects of alcohol. Pick up a pack of Heineken Zero Zero at your local retailer or get it delivered to your door. Must be 21 or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. It feels like cat food has been the same forever. Smelly, boring, made of mystery ingredients. That's why you've got to try Smalls. Smalls cat food is protein-packed recipes made with preservative-free ingredients you'd find in your fridge. And it's delivered right to your door. Make the switch from kibble and give your cat a meal they'll love. We actually sent some to my friend who is fostering kittens and it is the only thing they will eat. It comes in these pate packages and you scoop it and you just feel like you're a chef for your baby kitties and they j'adore it. Your cute kitty is descended from ferocious desert cats who hunted live prey. Even if your cat prefers to nap all day, they still need fresh, protein-packed meals for a balanced and healthy diet. Other brands fill their food with mysterious meat byproducts, artificial flavoring, and preservatives with names I don't even want to try to pronounce. After switching it up to Smalls, 90% of cat owners reported overall health improvements. That's major. The team at Smalls is so confident your cat will love their product that you can try it risk-free. That means they'll completely refund you if your picky cat won't eat their food. Now is the time to make the switch to Smalls. Head to smalls.com slash DST and use promo code DST at checkout for 50% off your first order plus free shipping. That's the best offer you'll find, but you have to use my code DST for 50% off your first order. One last time, that's promo code DST for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, baby. This episode is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always find the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you, Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for this season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X as well as petite and maternity. And you always have the option to buy what you love. I love Newly. I've rented so many cute things from there, and I've even made a few purchases from there. And They're always spot on. They have so many brands that I honestly could never afford in real life, so it's great to be able to rent them. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code DST20. Just go to Newly, that's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, and enter the code DST20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y dot com, newly with two U's, with code DST20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. Let's talk about what we wanted to talk about today. It's all about body diversity, body diversity on television specifically. And this conversation was inspired by... Vanessa Lachey's comments, as I said earlier, she was being interviewed by Insider 
and the interviewer asked her about why isn't there any body diversity on Love is Blind? She's one of the hosts. The other host is her husband, Nick Lachey. (laughs) 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 I'm not going to go down a rabbit hole about talking about Nick Lachey because I just can't believe he was married to Jessica Simpson. There was like a whole life about that, but I won't talk about it. Anyway, he's now the host, (laughs) co-host with his wife, new wife, Vanessa Lachey. The background is Vanessa Lachey was asked why fuller figured contestants don't make it past the first phase of dating. And her response was their whole life, they've been so insecure about being themselves because of this crazy swipe generation that we're in and this catfishing world that we're in and that they're just so afraid to be themselves. So that's, I guess that's the background, that's the context of this discussion. There was obviously more said in this interview, but Dylan, since you are a pop culture enthusiast, You've watched 10,000 hours of <laughs> of all things TV. So have I, frankly. But what are your thoughts on this response, this question, the actual like reality of reality TV? Yeah, I think it's kind of a multi-layered thing because, of course, they wouldn't the reason this is coming up is because this show, and it's not the only show, but they have not done a good job of representing a lot of body diversity on the show. And it's like Vanessa's response is automatically coming from a place of being defensive. And like, so she, rather than saying like, oh, we haven't cast, you know, bigger people because we don't want to, she's sort of framing it in this way of like, oh, well, well, we've tried. Like we we give them the chance, but because of this insecurity and this thing, it's like they only have two weeks in the pods to find themselves. They just aren't able to do that. And it almost feels like it's a little bit like putting the blame or at least like the responsibility on these people that it's like, well, maybe if they were thinner, they'd be able to find themselves faster. And then somebody else would be able to see them and be into that. And it's just like, it's a little weird. And then I also don't understand really why she brought up catfishing because, because it's like, <laughs> I was gonna because say like the, the, the whole point of love is blind is that you're like not seeing what the person looks like until after you've like formed this connection. So like, you know, maybe it's like, okay, if I'm going into the pods, like I'm not going to tell somebody in the first conversation, like how much I weigh, but like, that's not catfishing just because I didn't like explicitly state that I'm not, Right. That I don't have abs. Like <laughs> Right. I mean the catfishing thing, like I, I it doesn't make sense in this two sentence response. I know like what her meaning was. Also, I mean, okay, Love is Blind is the show that we're talking about where they like literally have to be blind to meet the bodies and sex that has nothing to do with, you know, like first you're putting you're you're meeting somebody for like the personality and the connection of of mind and whatever, not the superficial things. So, okay. There's also, we were going to talk about, like, there's also a lot of other shows that lack body diversity. Love Island is one of them that gets brought up a lot within this conversation. So does The Bachelor. And I also, I know nobody's talking this, but like Bravo has a mm. very, there's very little um, which we can get to. But in terms of Vanessa's response, like I read a bunch of articles around this too. And it was just like Vanessa and Nick, like they have no real say in the like casting also. Like I think that like she was just sort of saying something based on her experience with like what she would imagine is 
right? Is like what her, yeah. because of fat phobia, because she's been in this like world of like Hollywood and having to be like thin to be cast for things. Like I assume that she's coming from that place and that's her response. Not necessarily what people have given her as a reason why they're not brought, right? Like I, I think that's where yeah. she's coming from. I mean, I think, yeah, in, in this specific comment, I do think she's like, projecting a little bit onto like why she imagines that people haven't made it past this one phase in the show. And I think as a result, it's like, okay, so maybe the casting itself isn't like her, it's not like her responsibility, her fault. But I think in this response where she's projecting a little bit, she's kind of revealing her own maybe thoughts or assumptions about people who are bigger and who maybe haven't been able to make it past a certain phase in the casting process. And I think it's like, it all comes back to these like standards that we have in our society where it's like, what is seen as like traditionally pleasing or desirable or whatever. And that most of these shows, like you mentioned, um, like love Island, the bachelor too hot to handle was another one that I thought of that. It's like, the Mm. sort of premise of the show and like the baseline assumption is that like everybody's hot. Like everybody is like a base level of attractiveness where like it kind of feels like there's an even playing field. And I think what it really comes down to is that we still, for the most part, have a pretty narrow societal view of like who's hot, who is going to, who meets this threshold of like attractive enough to be in this like reality TV dating pool And, you know, I think shows have made a lot of positive progress in terms of casting diversity with, you know, racial backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, Mm -hmm. and, you know, some other things that it's like it has, you know, the casting has gotten more diverse in a lot of ways. But like body diversity seems to be this one hurdle that really they're not even trying very hard to clear. And I think that's like, I think that's the frustrating thing for me is it's like, it would be a different problem if The Bachelor was casting a lot of different body types and only one body type was being, you know, taken past the second week. But it's like, we're not, they're not even getting in the door. I think because around like weight, there's like so much other conversation about like health. I think what drives the decisions is obviously viewership and they want good ratings and they want a show to be watched. But my gut feeling is that they think that people only want to watch thin people. And so otherwise they're going to say, which you see all over social media, anytime there's like a plus size or curve influencer or anyone who isn't just like a size zero, it's just like you're promoting Mm -hmm. unhealthy body ideals. You're promoting, which is, part of the issue but i realized i brought up bravo but like the reason why all of these are alike is that they're dating and it's about like finding love and it's also there's also like that layer of like who well who's attracted to what and like we're saying that none of these people could possibly be attracted to somebody who's in a bigger body but that's false right yeah and it, it made me think of i remember um Rachel Lindsay did like a really great piece, I think maybe last year, a couple of years ago, talking about kind of her feelings about Bachelor Nation. And one of the things that she brought up, because she was the first black or first non-white, I think, lead that the show had ever had. 
And she was critical of the casting for her season because basically she was saying that they had cast all of these guys who had no experience dating black women, weren't even necessarily particularly interested in dating a black woman. And they hadn't really cast with like a sensitivity of actually finding 30 guys who would be, you know, a potential real partner for her. And I think when you think about body diversity and how to incorporate that on these shows, I think you would need to have a real sensitivity of like, if we're casting for The Bachelorette and we want to have some contestants that are different body types, we can't do that unless we actually know and believe that the lead of the season is going to be equally interested in any of those right. people. And so I think it is a problem that it's a, it's a complex problem. And I don't think it's as easy as just like cast 10 fat people on the season because <laughs> then, you know, right. if, that doesn't those, do anything. if they cast them and they all get sent home first, that's maybe just as harmful or, you know, in a different way. But I think it feel I think the frustrating thing is it's felt like for so many years, there hasn't really been like any momentum or push toward kind of making that change. So I think it's not a one size fits all problem, but I wish there was a little more forward facing effort being put in because it just feels like you could you could be doing a, you know, small steps even. There is a bachelor campaign for body diversity. It's called Roses for Everybody. It's called a Fat Bachelor Inclusion Campaign, and it says here's what we want. Cast a minimum of five fat, diverse contestants each season. Give equitable screen time to fat contestants, and also that their screen time is not about their bodies or their weight, like they're not talking about a struggle. Choose leads who specify that they are attracted to fat people, just as you were saying. Provide mental health support to contestants navigating harassment, which is something I want to talk about. And hire fat staff and production and incorporate fat inclusion training. So like like you said it is a complex problem and these th- somebody is calling for this and it's I think it like speaks to a few different problems or solutions rather to potential problems of just you know hiring some putting some diversity in casting. I think though the reason why a lot of this like I was saying it's like all, all about it's about the audience it's about viewership and I was reading about like the the Love Island contestants and like the mental health aspect of being on that show and just like Vanessa Lachey talks about confidence like who's to say that thin people are confident either like an ex contestant on Love Island she was talking about how she was just like how much she was restricting before going on that show in terms of eating, how much they would start working out, like how obsessed they would be about how they look because audiences feel that they can comment like whatever they want about anybody's quote flaws or imperfections and just be really, really mean about it because they're just like behind a phone or behind whatever computer. And I think that like the, big part of the reason why maybe we don't have much movement in body diversity is because of like a lot of just vocal people who are like fat phobic and like maybe there's a fear of going on these shows because of that maybe there's a fear from the casting or the production side Mm. or a fear from people who want to go on but i couldn't put myself through that just it takes some serious mental strength, I think, 
knowing how cruel people could be on the internet. Yeah. And I mean, you and I are people who are both, you know, public online in a certain way. And like, I've, you know, I'm not somebody who's like going on Love Island and like, you know, shirtless on a TV show that millions of people are watching. But it's like, I've gotten comments about the way I look. And it's like, I'm somebody who is just like, you know, posting about celebrities on my own Instagram. And it's like, so to amp to like, you know, multiply that by however many people are watching these shows. And you know that there are lots of people out there online with those kind of feelings. And I see that too, you know, being in the Bravo side of things, like you brought up, like, there's not even terribly much body diversity on a lot of the Bravo shows. But, you know, some of the comments and stuff that I see people, you know, at running the Bravo by Betches account, it's like people feel like any post about these people is just like an invitation for their unfiltered thoughts. And it's like, you'll see, I mean, sometimes it's about body and weight and that kind of stuff, but also about, you know, um, like cosmetic work that people have had done. Like people are just super like ruthless about that stuff or somebody is looking old or somebody has had, you know, too much filler or, you know, they're, you know, there's a whole host of things that it's about, but it's like, People truly feel so comfortable just commenting on that stuff that like, I mean, I'm sure, yeah, if there were, if they were casting fat people on The Bachelor, I'm sure that would be a really, you know, tough online experience. And I, like you said, part of that campaign involves like mental health resources Mm -hmm. and stuff and, you know, inclusivity training. And I think that's important, but like, unfortunately, there is no way to get around the fact that like those people would be exposed, I'm sure, to a lot Mm -hmm. of negativity. Yeah, I agree. In terms of like, also, I think um, I was reading in an article that was in response to this whole thing, the the comment and then all of the stuff around it, like all the other reality shows. Um, It's that like, okay, there's obviously a lot of, like we were talking about Kim Kardashian and her like, how she's just getting like she talks about like her crash diet for the Met Gala and like watching Chloe work out at four in the morning, seven hours. Like you know, you I, I still remember to this day hearing about like Kate Hudson. This is like probably so many years ago. Kate Hudson's like postpartum bounce back plan of like working out four hours a day until she could like whatever. You hear all this stuff and like then you're like, okay, but they're like A-listers. This is what they think is like required of them. This is their jobs. But the difference with this is that Love Island, Love is Blind, all these reality shows are about regular people plucked out of their lives. And so we're they're saying that like only these the, the regular people need to be of the regular people. The ones who are worthy of finding love are the ones that must be thin or super, quote, hot, too hot to handle. And I think that's what's sending like also a, a bad message to us, to us viewers. Right. And that if you look at a show like, like these shows that have, I mean, there are a lot of people on these shows. It's not like with Housewives, at least, you know, it'll be like six or seven women in a season, you know, with The Bachelor, we're seeing 30 contestants every year. And to just, you know, year after year, it's like zero that are outside of this kind of acceptable range of, you know, physical features. And it's like, that's the kind of thing where, 
when you look at that compared to the population as a whole, it's like so Mm -hmm. vastly different, you know, like look like the average, there was a stat about like, I think the average UK woman is a size 16 and um, Love Island has never had a female cast member over a size 12. It's not even just like, oh, it doesn't quite match up with what the average is. It's like, no, like that doesn't even exist on this, in this like TV universe. And so I think it's not even like a little bit lopsided. It's like, we're fully just pretending that like this large segment of the population doesn't exist on Love Island. Doesn't exist, isn't worthy of finding love, isn't worth it to show what it's like to find love. Like there's not, there's not none of that at all. In terms of Bravo, let me think. Like, I guess Emily Simpson is somebody that's talked about, like, her her weight struggles. And she, I think she's been, like, such, like, a, I think she's been a force on that show in terms of, like, making a difference. And, like, I think in terms of, like, body diversity for the housewives. The other thing that I am kind of enjoying more so in Bravo world is that they're ta- a lot of the really thin women are talking about their eating disorders and it's very forefront and it's like calling out the issue that even though like they are thin they are not quote healthy so like mm-hmm. i obviously don't like that they're struggling but i like that they're right there's light being shed on this topic well, and I think also it's important, like the last couple of weeks on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, when Crystal has opened up about her eating disorder a lot, to see the way that some of the women on the cast with her have responded in really toxic ways and sort oh of like, God. oh, like, yeah, it's bad that you're not eating, but then also kind of like, in a way, like affirming that behavior or kind of downplaying it or like, prying for details in a situation where it's really not appropriate. Like when, when Erica suggested that she should take laxatives and it's like, no, 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 that's, that's what she shouldn't be doing. Like you, that's, that's the, that's the disordered behavior. We're not supposed to be like giving her an idea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that Erica was trying to, not that I'm defending Erica by any means. I think she was trying to say that she too has an eating disorder. She's trying to like relate to her and that her eating disorder is through laxatives and Crystal is is saying that she's bulimic and it was an awful discussion. (laughs) It was just like really upsetting. And then also when she was like, you can't have this like that, I almost like threw my remote at my television. Yeah, it's tough. But I do think in a way, as frustrating and ha- harmful as I think some of those conversations are, I think it's also, it's it's important to realize that it's like, those conver- those are, that is a real way that people will react in totally. real life about, and that it's like, even though we know on paper that eating disorders are bad and you shouldn't be doing these behaviors, sometimes also it could be good because you're going to stay skinny, right? Like Mm -hmm. that's, you know, like, oh, like hopefully it's not too bad, but you know, we've all been there like, hey sister, like, but you look, you look good. And it's like, I think unfortunately that's like the way that a lot of those conversations are handled in real life. And so Mm -hmm. I think it is, you know, 
pretty realistic to see them kind of talking this way. But um, yeah, I you know, agree. I think I, either yeah. way, I'm glad that the the topic is being brought up, and hopefully right. we can we can move toward a place where it's being handled more uh, gracefully. And I think that Crystal positively. is making a big. I think Jackie on Jersey made a huge difference talking mm-hmm. about it and like showing her re- like her journey to recovery and showing like what it's actually like, to get inside the mind of somebody who has anorexia and then crystal is showing that pre before you're ready when you're clearly struggling you clearly want to talk about it i think that conversation with kyle was like this has turned into a bravo show but the conversation with Kyle was like i think a planned thing where it's like Kyle asked me questions and i'm going to share about this is like i want to talk about it yeah you could really tell through the way that crystal was talking about her struggles is that like she's just about she's re- she's ready to like get help and that she doesn't realize how big her issue or how much they infiltrate her life like how this she's not in recovery there it's actually she's an active issue and i think that might open some eyes for people who might be feeling the same way and not that this is the conversation about necessarily like body diversity but it's like it's like shows like a I guess it shows like a lot of different angles of the conversation but i think we can go back to the discussion about like originally what Vanessa Lachey was saying and in terms of like confidence and that like only thin people are the one that are confident. Clearly we're seeing on Bravo that is not the case A. And B, I I really liked this response on Twitter by a woman called Megan Ray. She said, maybe it's just you slash your producers who think fat people aren't desirable slash deserving of love. She put little asterisks. Everyone feels insecure in the dating world. I would bet fat women are more confident because we've had to be slash grow slash unlearn slash learn to appease thin people. And great point. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like the world tells you that, you know, you you shouldn't be confident because of your body size. You have to learn to be confident. Thin people didn't have to learn that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, pulling it out to the real world, it's like, as somebody who is still on dating apps and stuff, it's like, it is so not uncommon to see someone's profile who says that they, you know, like want someone who looks like they take care of themselves or, you know, kind of this like thinly coded language to say like, I don't want to be with somebody who's like overweight. And, you know, those kinds of things where it's like in the grand scheme of things, I, a lot of it's still pretty normalized for a lot of people, I think. And so I think just sort of trying to dismantle that little by little. And I think these TV shows that get so many viewers from different walks of life and different, you know, places and backgrounds and stuff, like if there was more of a representation of dating across body types on those shows, I think that would potentially actually have a a really huge impact. Yeah, I agree. And it could also doesn't have to start with the shows about dating. It could start with the shows that aren't about dating. Like, for example, Selling Sunset. Would it hurt? (laughs) Not. (laughs) Would it hurt to have someone who was rich and fabulous, but also not very, very thin? The audacity (laughs) of a woman whose thighs touch each other to think that she could sell me a house. In a (laughs) miniskirt. I mean... 
How dare it's she? crazy. How yeah. dare? How dare she? That show is also very like in your face about the the thin bodies mm-hmm. and equating that with how rich and fabulous they are. I think that part pisses me off a lot. But that show, what what would hurt there? You wouldn't lose any viewers, right? Like no one's judging anyone by size. There's no dating. It's just about. You're barely selling houses. Like, just <laughs> like <laughs> have some body diversity there. It would be great. <laughs> it really would. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, that's the thing. I think that the dating, the dating shows, make for a really good kind of entry point into this conversation. But when you sort of start to think about it a little deeper, it's like, yeah, this is something that actually could be applied to almost every area you know in in terms of you know like actors and stuff being cast in scripted shows like i think there's i mean i haven't like looked into statistics a lot but we've even i think the last time i was on the show we talked about the phenomenon of thin actors wearing these like really elaborate fat suits and prosthetics to play heavier characters and like those sorts of things like it all it all is tied together in this like systemic prioritization of thin people and like quote unquote ideal body types. Yeah. There's one show coming out apparently Calizzo who's doing a lot of great things. It's called watch out for the big girls. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like an audition, like a competition show to find uh backup dancers. And it's like all, you know, like the whole cast has, you know, different body types and stuff. So I heard it was That's really great. good. I need to watch it. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I didn't know that it came out. <laughs> but it was nominated for uh, six Emmys. Good for you, good Lizzo. For Lizzo. Good for Lizzo. <laughs> no, but like really it's good ab- for Lizzo. It's, a, it's about damn time. It's about damn time. I mean, really. That's what this whole show, this episode yeah, is about. It's a whole episode. If you guys are seeing any really good body diversity in any show, please email us DSD at batches.com. You can also DM me at Aileen or Dylan at Dylan Hafer. You can also hit him up on at Bravo by Batches. That's where I DM him all of my <laughs> thoughts, questions, and concerns. And yeah, you can email us DSD at batches.com. You can follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow. And yeah. We're always with you. Through thick and thin. Diet Starts Tomorrow is produced by Sean Kilby, Stacey Wong, and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Stacey Wong. Be sure to follow at Diet Starts Tomorrow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And send us your emails to dst at betches.com. Betches.